Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. Thank you for joining us in our study of the Gospel according to Matthew. Have you responded to Jesus? Have you uh, placed your faith in him? I would imagine that a lot of our listeners would answer in the affirmative. Now, there may be some people who are still sitting on the fence, interested in Christianity, interested in the message of the Bible, uh, but a lot of us would answer that in the affirmative. Yes, we have come to Jesus for salvation. And we've experienced some characters in the Gospel of Matthew so far, uh, like the Pharisees or uh, the synagogue at Nazareth or uh, Herod the Tetrarch. These are all in the category of those who ultimately reject Jesus. But there are other people in the Gospel of Matthew who listen to the call of discipleship, who have come to him in faith. But that doesn't mean that they always respond correctly to Jesus either. Now, this is an important, different category. They're not unbelievers, they're not Christ rejectors, but they still have not come as far as they need to come in um, properly understanding and responding to Jesus. Now, these two categories shouldn't be confused. Um, Matthew has a very clear category of the disciples. Uh, People like the Pharisees or the synagogue at Nazareth aren't described as disciples. Um, now, the disciples have come up in our last episode um, with the feeding of the 5,000. And we'll see the, the character of the disciples come up again in a fascinating text for today. We're in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 36. Uh, this account will teach us important lessons, again, about who Jesus is, but also a very realistic portrayal uh, in some ways about what it means to be a disciple. So uh, keep your eye out for those themes as I go through Matthew 14, uh, verses 22 through 36. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed out of the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret, 
And when the people of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. This last section here in Matthew chapter 14 finishes a larger unit about Jesus traveling and doing different miracles. Uh, It ends with this summary statement about a bunch of people being brought to Jesus and him healing all of them. The last time we've come across that was in uh, chapter 9. So we have the end here of a pretty big chunk of material. And the overall idea is the clear... uh, powerful authority of Jesus. He can heal anyone who comes to him. No case is too hard for him. Uh, We could, well, we would even be tempted to label his power, uh, his person as unavoidable. And yet, as this section has demonstrated again and again, it is in a very real sense avoidable. People can avoid the implications of who Jesus is. People resist his claims and his authority. Not only does the ending section talk about the clear and unrivaled authority of Jesus, uh, but the actual story of Jesus walking on the lake presents a very high Christology, a very high view of who Jesus is. Even the very idea of him walking on the water, of course, is supposed to capture our attention and make us wonder what kind of a person can do this. The whole idea is that human beings can't do that. In fact, there may be a, uh, a reference here, a subtle allusion to a passage in the book of Job. Uh, chapter 9 is talking about the things that God alone can do. And it says in verse 8 that God alone stretched out the heavens and trampled on the waves of the sea. Now, it's been well argued that Job chapter 9 is in the background here in this account. And if so, that would mean that the one here who is trampling on the waves of the sea can be none other than Yahweh himself, uh, the Lord God Almighty. Now, notice how this high Christology, this high view of who Jesus is, is reinforced several times in our passage. When they are terrified, uh, Jesus says, Do not be afraid, it is I. And the Greek here is literally uh, ego eimi, that is, I am. And for those of you who have been through the Gospel of John, you know that this is a a well-known saying of Jesus to express his deity, that he is the I am who I am of uh, Exodus chapter 3. The disciples uh, cry out, particularly Peter, says, Lord, save me. Well, if you've been reading through the Bible, you don't just talk to Moses and say, Lord, save me, or the Apostle Paul, Lord, save me. Uh, when, you ask, when you say something like, Lord, save me, you can only be talking to God. Um, my friend uh, Doug O'Donovan uh, points this out in his commentary on Matthew uh, when he references verses like Psalm 37, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. Or Psalm 20, verse 9, O Lord, save the king. Or Jeremiah 31, 7, uh, O Lord, save your people. Um, The connection of Lord and save is when Lord is being used as in capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh himself. And of course, we have this very famously, or I should say, we have this very clearly when they fall down and say, truly, you are the Son of God. This is a good place to stop and think about what does it mean for Jesus to be the Son of God? The expression, in a lot of ways, overlaps with him being the Messiah. 
Uh, for example, in Psalm 2, he is uh, described as the begotten of God. And there the idea seems to particularly be that he will be the king, the ruler. He's in the family business of ruling the world. But the expression son of God has to mean something more than a, a purely human Messiah. That's not the way that it's used here in uh, Matthew chapter 14. In fact, notice how this continues on. They, Because Jesus is the Son of God, what do they do? They worship him. This clearly communicates the idea of deity, that Jesus is God, because they worship him. We've come across this word before in a very significant passage. And in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is tempted, and, uh, and he responds, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So in the world of Matthew, the only one who can be worshipped rightly is God. In fact, that's just the, the worldview of the Bible. And the fact that these people rightly worship Jesus uh, strongly indicates that Jesus is God. So this passage has a high view of Christology, a big view of who Jesus is. The other reason that I love it is that it has a very realistic view of what it means to be a disciple. In some ways, it's great and it's glorious. I mean, just think about the audacity of Peter as he sees Jesus on the walking on the water. And he knows that Jesus has given him authority to do all sorts of incredible things. And so, seeing his master on the water, he has this crazy idea, I want to do it too. Part of being a disciple means that you... Uh, share in the authority of the Lord Jesus. Now, this doesn't mean that we should go home and try walking on the water ourselves, but it does show that the historical disciples uh, viewed themselves as participating in some of the same power that Jesus himself had. Uh, Matthew's gospel has presented the disciples as really great figures. In chapter 13, Jesus said to them, Blessed are your ears because they hear. And we could even imagine the disciples uh, lifting their heads high at the end of chapter 12 when Jesus uh, turned away his literal family and, and pointed to his disciples saying, these are my brothers. And yet as Peter is out there on the water, his eyes turn off of the Lord and then look at the waves and as a result, he begins to sink. The disciples are genuine followers of Jesus who believe in him, who view him as the Son of God, and yet, very realistically, they have their own struggles and their own doubts. And this makes them very relatable characters. This present uh, storm story uh, is very similar to Matthew's earlier account of a storm story in chapter 8. And the disciples there had another uh, very similar response. Uh, we read in chapter 25 of Matthew 8, And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm, and the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and sea obey him? In both of these accounts, notice how the disciples are described as those who have little faith. Uh, in, in Mark's account, in con, uh, by way of contrast, uh, the disciples say, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus responds, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, in that moment, they were not believing in Jesus. They were not trusting him. And so Mark's account is accurate. 
Um, but Matthew's version is a little bit more nuanced. He's more concerned to bring out that these disciples are not in the same category as uh, the Pharisees or the synagogue at Nazareth or something like that. These are people who genuinely do believe in Jesus, and yet in the moment of difficulty, they have their own struggles. Now, this all reinforces for us a very real issue, which we brought up at the very beginning. The issue of have we responded to Jesus is not simply a one-and-done type question. Even people who are Christians who have been saved by placing their faith in Jesus Christ need to continually look to him. They are continually presented with the issue, uh, who really is Jesus? Is he really the the Son of God whom I trust? Am I looking to him or am I looking to the waves? If you have responded to Jesus and if you have trusted him as your personal savior, there still will be a lot of difficulties and waves and the storm of life can rage around you. Now, let me point out the incorrect way of applying this story. Uh, it, I can see how somebody might read this story and try to apply it to their own lives and think that whatever situation I'm going through, there will be a happy ending. But let me point out the sad reality that, well, even Christians do die in boats sometimes, literal boats and literal storms. And Christians sometimes do not ex- receive the deliverance immediately, that is, uh, from whatever difficulties that they are going through. But instead, the, the lesson to learn from this is that whatever wave we are experiencing, whatever difficulty we're going through, nothing is bigger than Jesus. He is the all-sufficient, all-powerful one, Uh, that we need to worship and obey and trust in because he is the omnipotent one. The point is not so much that we will always have a happy ending in our life. Instead, the takeaway lesson is that Jesus is the all-powerful one. Our response needs to be one of worship. Truly, he is the Son of God. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.